I hope you all had a very Merry Christmas as I did. And welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast, where we're going to be talking about the rumor mill featuring Dylan Cease. Some of the Marlins starting pitching being a hot commodity. We're going to talk a little bit about what's still left in free agency to like and Cutch wanting to win and what that could mean for the team moving forward. We're going to talk about all of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Pirates. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. My name is Ethan Smith, as you see right there in that lower third, and I know it's been a week since I've seen you guys just because I was sick all last week, was home with the family for Christmas, but I am back and talking about Pittsburgh Pirates baseball here on your favorite Pirates podcast, the Locked On Pirates podcast. Now, of course... There have been some things that have happened since we last uh, had an episode. Obviously, Andrew McCutcheon signed his one-year $5 million deal to return to the Pittsburgh Pirates. We'll talk about that in the third segment of today's show. There's been talks about what are the are the Pirates going to add any more after getting Martin Perez, who we talked about in last week's show as well. You can uh, still go check that out. You can check out the live stream as well. You guys seem to like both of those. But there's some rumors going around now. That's what I will preface when I'm talking about all of this today is nothing that I'm saying has any validity behind it. It doesn't have anything really like I won't say validity completely, but just because I'm talking about Dylan Cease and Marlin starting pitching and some of the rumors that the Pirates may or may not be involved in does not mean that these things are happening. I'm just talking about them because they are rumors that have picked up quite a bit over the last week or two. And it's rumors that involve the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's rumors that I think the Pirates could eventually get involved in, especially now that the Yoshinobu Yamamoto block is gone. I think things are really going to start to pick up in this MLB offseason, especially for starting pitching. But when you go to Dylan Cease, Dylan Cease is kind of the hot topic right now. He is the topic of the town among a lot of Pirates fans as to would the Pirates be able to go get a guy like a Dylan Cease. But We've already heard uh, some of the things that have been said about Dylan Cease and the White Sox about the asking price for Dylan Cease, which, I mean, going to fan-sided right now and talking about all of this stuff that the White Sox want for him. I mean, great article on this. He's one of the better strikeout pitchers that you have out there. He's a talented pitcher, don't get me wrong at all. But let's keep in mind, folks, that you're only getting two years of control on a guy like Dylan Cease when you're acquiring him. And there is a lot to be said about what they want. And the Cincinnati Reds in the division 
have also been inquiring on Dylan Cease. And that's where uh, Bruce Levine of the 670, the score of the White Sox, asked the Reds for a prospect package headlined by Rhett Lauder and Chase Petty, as well as two highly ranked position player prospects. Jason Williams of the Cincinnati Inquirer said the White Sox asked for Lauder, Edwin Arroyo, Connor Phillips, and at least one more prospect. MLB in line ranks, uh, MLB pipeline ranks all three of those players in the top 70 prospects in all of baseball. So when you're looking at an asking price for a guy like that for Dylan Cease, I just don't know how much you do it. Now, again, now Dylan Cease, very good player. I mean, 4.58 ERA last year, 214 strikeouts, a 1.24 whip. He's had success in his career with the Chicago White Sox. He's a career 3.83 ERA guy. Nothing is going to be wrong if Dylan Cease was on this team, but it would it just seems like it's going to cost too much. And I, I really hesitate to say that I want the pirates to even stay in the conversations for this, just due to the fact that again, when you're getting a asking price of three prospects from the Cincinnati Reds that are all in the top 70 in major league baseball on MLB pipeline, that, that is a tough, tough ask. And for reference, for Pirates fans, I mean, that would be basically asking for like Anthony Solometo, Termar Johnson, and I mean, Bubba Chandler or somebody like that. And I don't know if Pirates fans or the Pirates themselves are really all that comfortable giving up that much for a guy that, again, you're only going to have for two seasons. Now, there's obviously the world where you do extend Dylan Cease and you keep him for a very long time and that he's a known commodity and he would help you win in 2024. But you also do have to keep in mind that a lot of the future that the Pirates have is very highly touted, not only amongst themselves, but across baseball. They have a very good farm system. It's one of the better farm systems in all of baseball. And some of these guys are going to turn out to be the real deal. And you would like their see them turn out to be the real deal here. You don't want to see them turn out to be the real deal somewhere else while you get Dylan Cease for 2024 and 2025, and then he's up and gone. Now, there's obviously a lot to be said about this. Maybe that's just all smoke and mirrors from the Chicago White Sox. Maybe that's just what was reported. Maybe that's something that you want other teams to believe, to outbid each other, and then you get a obscene offer. And Dylan Cease is arguably the top uh, pitching guy on the trade market right now. One of the ones that I thought that would be is Corbin Burns, but we haven't really heard much uh, out of the Milwaukee um, Brewers as far as what Corbin Burns is going to be doing in 2024, if they're going to be trading him or if they're going to be holding on to him. Already, Brandon Woodruff is a free agent as well. We're going to talk a little bit about that with what's left in free agency as a potential option for the Pittsburgh Pirates, although he wouldn't play in 2024. I think he could be an adequate addition moving forward. And the Dylan C stuff, I mean, this just always happens when a guy like Dylan Cease is going to go on the market. I mean... And you can't blame the White Sox. The White Sox are in a very weird spot right now where they don't have that highly touted farm system. They can't get over the hump to get to the postseason. You have guys like Dylan Cease, Luis Robert, um, Eloy Jimenez, guys like that, that are very good players, but you have to find ways to move on to the, uh, from these guys to kind of recoup your farm system, get that rebuild started, and also just know that 
moving forward, you at least have something down the pipe that might be worthwhile. And right now the White Sox don't have that. So maybe that's why the asking price is so high. I will tell you, I just don't think a team is going to give up that much for Dylan Cease, the Pirates included. And once that price drops is, I think, when you are really going to start seeing things kind of ramp up in the Dylan C sweepstakes, because once that price drops a little bit to a little bit more of a reasonable asking price, I think that's when teams will start being able to really gauge what the White Sox would actually take rather than what the White Sox would want right now, which is just way too much for a guy like Dylan Cease. Now, some of you in the comments say, might say, why is Ethan saying it like, oh, a guy like Dylan Cease, he's a proven guy. He is. But the Pirates also have already gotten two proven guys in Martin Perez and Marco Gonzalez, who are going to be pretty decent pitchers for them in 2024. And they didn't have to give up anything to get them outside of signing them to a one-year deal. Or, Well, they had to give something up to get Marco Gonzalez, but not even close to what you would be giving up to get a guy like Dylan Cease. And with this rumor, I mean, again, I wouldn't be mad if the Pirates go, like, at least stay in the conversation. And if the price drops, maybe you go out and try it. But if the price doesn't drop and it's going to stay that obscenely high, as some people keep saying it will, as my hair is just going absolutely insane today. Um, if the price is going to stay that high, then I just wouldn't do it. I just don't see any reason to do it. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, I don't think that they have – the wherewithal to really want to give up that much if that's all you're getting is Dylan Cease. Now, if you're getting something else, then I think we're having a deeper conversation. But that conversation is still going on right now. We'll see what the Chicago White Sox decide to do with Dylan Cease and if the Pirates remain in the Dylan Cease sweepstakes. But the Marlins starting pitching is a hot commodity among baseball right now we're going to talk about that a little bit and what the pirates could potentially do if they wanted to add a guy like edward cabrera or jesus lazardo but before we do that we're going to talk about fanduel folks fanduel is your one-stop shop for doing all of your sports betting this winter if you will because winter is here and winter is in full swing and you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. There's only two games left in the regular season, so not much opportunity left to bet on football. But right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL postseason with FanDuel because FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL and an official sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network. And folks, also don't forget to check out the Lost National uh, streaming channel on YouTube because Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe 
to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. And welcome back, everybody, to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. Thank you again for tuning into the show, as you always do, on YouTube, Spotify, Odyssey, Google Play, or wherever you find this podcast. I can't thank you all enough. And today we're talking about the rumor mill. Tomorrow we're going to go back to the Eye at the Future series. We're going to be talking about the left side of the infield. We're going to be talking about Key Brian Hayes and O'Neill Cruz and their expectations for 2024, as well as what we can expect from them in their careers as Pittsburgh Pirates. We're going to talk about all of that on tomorrow's show. But the Miami Marlins are once again a team that appears to be moving on from some starting pitching. They have lots of it, and it is a hot commodity right now on the trade market for a lot of teams. Most notably, the two big names that we keep hearing uh, for the Miami Marlins that are the names to hear are Jesus Lazardo and Edward Cabrera. Those seem to be the guys that a lot of Major League Baseball front offices are very, very infatuated with for good reason. They're both very good pitchers. The Marlins also have guys like Braxton Garrett, Max Meyer, Sandy Alcantara, guys like that that are going to continue to be very good players. Also, Yuri Perez. So they have pitching that is movable, and it wouldn't really hurt them all that much. Now, when you're looking at what these two are and who they are, Edward Cabrera, both of them are very good players. Don't get me wrong at all. Edward Cabrera, obviously, 25 years old, only has um, 1.147 service time, so still very young, still figuring out the game as well, but very controllable. He is pre-ARB right now. He's ARB 1 going into 2025, and then he's ARB 2, 3, and 4 through 2026, 2027, and 2028. So he will not be an unrestricted free agent until 2029 in his age 31 season. So you can guess that for a guy like Edward Cabrera, now obviously not as good as Dylan Cease, he's probably going to be about just as expensive if the Pirates or another team were to go after a guy like this just because he does have five years of control under his belt right now for a team that would be acquiring him. And arbitration obviously is going to get expensive for a guy like Edward Cabrera, I think, because he's just a very talented player. And when you're looking at what the Marlins are working with right now, Edward Cabrera, just does he fit into the fold? I think that's the biggest question that you have to ask yourself. Now, he had a very good 2023, uh, 22 games, 4.24 ERA, only about 100 innings pitched, a 1.44 whip. So he's been kind of behind a lot of these guys, but he is a career 401 ERA guy, nearly 200 innings pitched, 43 games, 221 strikeouts. He's a very talented young kid. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, a guy like Edward Cabrera would be absolutely amazing for this team. But the asking price, I think, again, is what you have to look at when you're looking at a guy like Edward Cabrera. What is the asking price? Do you give up a guy like a Lee over Piguero or a Nick Gonzalez? Are you having to give up a guy like, let's say, um, Braxton Ashcraft, or not Braxton Ashcraft, Thomas Harrington? Are you having to give up a guy like that? Who are you having to give up for these guys? I think that's always the biggest question that you have to ask yourself when you're looking at these players because, yeah, again, they would fit phenomenally 
on this team and we, we need starting pitching. But when you're looking at what it would take to get some of these guys, you might want to pump the brakes on it a little bit because you don't want to absolutely butcher your farm system for one pitcher. Now, at a guy like Edward Cabrera, I think you are okay with doing that because you're giving up a lot of top prospects like you're going to have to, but you're also getting a guy for at minimum five years. And that's even before you have to worry about re-signing him or doing any of the sort. And that's where I think when you're leaning towards a lot of these trades that the Pirates might make, I would lean more towards these Miami starting pitchers because a guy like Edward Cabrera, again, very controllable, might cost a little bit more than Dylan Cease, but I don't think it hurts as much to move on from some of these players if you're keeping a guy for half a decade. Jesus Lazardo, on the other hand, again, 26 years of age, but he's not a free agent until 2027. You have him through this year. You have him through 2025. You have him through 2026. So that's three years. Dylan Cease, again, to emphasize this very toughly, he has only two years of control. He'll be 30 by the time he's a free agent. He'll be a hot commodity as a free agent by that time. Now, obviously, two years of Dylan C sounds very nice, but when you can get a Jesus Lazardo at an estimate of $5.9 million in arbitration via spot track or a guy like um, Ed- Edward Cabrera, who's not going to be near as expensive in that department, then, yeah, you're going to take that kind of player if you're the Pittsburgh Pirates, and it's just something that I think that they would be very interested in doing. But who are you okay with giving up? Are you okay with giving up a Nick Gonzalez? Are you okay with giving up a Leo Verpiguero? Are you okay giving up one of these top pitchers like an Anthony Solometto or a Bubba Chandler to acquire one of these more well-known commodities that are also very young and controllable? That's how you have to think about this if you're the Pittsburgh Pirates in the front office and the fans. You just have to think, okay, what is available? What can we do? What's going to be there? And then also, you look at free agency too, folks, and there's still a lot to like in free agency from starting pitching. Now, we've already seen them go out and get Martin Perez and Marco Gonzalez, so you're working with that as a top three right now with Oviedo missing 2024. But you still have guys like Lucas Giolito, Brandon Woodruff, who I mentioned, who I'd love, although he'd miss 2024. Having him in 2025 would be great. You have a guy like Carlos Carrasco who could be very um, innings eating and reliable. You're looking at Alex Wood, who I've wanted the Pirates to go out and get. Now having three lefties, I think, would be a little tough. And that's where Sean Mania comes in as well, as I think having three lefties in your rotation would be a little much. But then you also have guys like Mike Clevenger, who also played with the Chicago White Sox last year. He's 33 years of age, a guy that can go out there and pitch very well for you. You look at a guy like Corey Kluber. You look at Michael Lorenzen, another option from Philadelphia at a market value of $9 million. Vince Velasquez is another guy that the Pirates could look at. Brad Keller is another option out there. Zach Davies. So there's still a lot of options to like in free agency. Now they're not going to be game changing world series changing options in the rotation, but I still like right now, I do think that I would rather the pirates just in free agency, go out and get these guys for whatever price tag you decide without having to sacrifice a lot of what you've built up in this farm system. Now, a lot of people will say on the other side of the coin, well, the farm system is unknown. You don't know if it's actually going to turn out to be what it is. You don't know if it's going to like end up being how good that it's being touted to be. And I 
I agree with that 100%. And if there is the opportunity to get a known commodity that's also controllable and you can give up some of these guys, and yeah, go out and do it. But you have to know the asking price first before you really can gauge what the Pirates are going to do here. I'd still like to see them go out and get one more starter. I just would. It would make me feel a lot more comfortable about the starting rotation going into next year because then you're only occupying one spot with the likes of Quinn Priester, Rolanzi Contreras, or Luis Ortiz, or whoever you decide to go with there. And don't give up on those guys either. They're still very young players, still learning how to hone their craft as starting pitchers. And that's what I think is most important about all this is I want the Pirates to go out and get one more starter because I don't want so much pressure being on those guys. Now, obviously, 2024 is going to be a big year for a lot of those guys as well because they're going to have to figure it out eventually for the Pirates to invest a lot of time into them, especially with the likes of Jared Jones and Anthony Solometo and Paul Skeens coming down the pipe soon, uh, sooner rather than later. Some of these guys are going to have to start putting up or shutting up. And that's just how I really feel about the Pirates starting rotation. But again, the Miami Marlins have some things to like out there. The Dylan C stuff, you know, it's fun. It's fun to talk about. It's fun for the Pirates to potentially think about. But again, if the asking prices are going to be that high, it makes you kind of shrug away from it a little bit, I think. And we're going to talk about Andrew McCutcheon returning to the Pittsburgh Pirates here in just a moment and wanting to win and what that could mean for the Pittsburgh Pirates moving forward, but we'll be right back. And everybody, welcome back to the final segment of today's episode of Locked On Pirates here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Ethan Smith, again, bringing you all your news, analysis, opinions, and reactions to everything going on in the world of the Pittsburgh Pirates when I'm not sick and bedridden for almost a week. So again, thank you guys for being so patient about all of that as well as 2023 winds down. I've been doing a lot of thinking about this show. I've been doing a lot of stuff in terms of wanting the show to improve. I'm doing a lot of um, thought processes and uh, brainstorming on some segments that I think you all would love. Again, comment below on some things you guys would love to see on this show. And I am more than happy to oblige if that's what you guys would like to hear. Andrew McCutcheon, by the way, back in black and gold, as many of us expe uh, expected. We were just really waiting for the announcement when it came down to brass tacks and the Pittsburgh Pirates obliged, re-signing Andrew McCutcheon to a one-year $5 million deal. And a big emphasis from Kutch when he re-signed is that he wants to win and wants to win in Pittsburgh. He already has had a taste of it in 2013 through 2015. He's done it before. He can see that this team has a very good young core. He can see that things are starting to come together. And what does this mean for the Pittsburgh Pirates moving forward? Well, I think Kutch is going to definitely be the mentor type, and he was last year, and you can kind of see it a lot in the dugout and on social media, spring training, all of that stuff. You knew that Kutch was going to be kind of the father figure to a lot of these young guys that are like finally getting up to the big leagues, learning the everyday life of being a big leaguer. And that's what Andrew McCutcheon is here for. Now we've heard that Andrew McCutcheon wants to play for two more years. Now we don't know if he means after 2024 or what, but we all kind of know that he's going to be the DH. I don't know how much outfield he's going to play, if any, but I don't think, I, I think 
when Kutch returned last year, and one of the bigger conversations that I had with Jens was we don't want the winning to be about Kutch anymore. We don't want it to be because of Kutch anymore. We want it to be because of these young and up-and-coming guys, and I think Kutch feels the same way. Now, I'm not going to tell another man how to feel, especially a man that is much better at baseball than me, and I'm just a guy talking about it, but I do think that Kutch knows where he is at in his career. He knows what he can offer this team and he knows how good he can still be. He was a very good player for this team last year, and seeing him get hurt was very unfortunate. I thought that he was going to end the season on a high note, as the Pirates did. The Pirates ended on a very high note uh, with the way they played in September, and I think he just knows that he's going to be the mentor of these kids. He's going to be the guy that they look up to because, again, as I've said time and time again, and I don't need to tell you this, he's the only person on this roster that has won but also one in Pittsburgh. There are guys on the roster that may have been elsewhere and have won at other places, but Andrew McCutcheon is the only guy in that building that has won as a Pittsburgh Pirate and proven that you can win as a Pittsburgh Pirate. And there's nothing wrong with that because then you can look at this guy and say, hey, he's the guy that we need to model our success off of. He's the guy that in 2013 won a National League MVP and got this team back to the postseason for the first time in, let me do my math, 25, almost 26 years. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, that's very paramount for them. This is very big for them to have him in that clubhouse because he is going to instill a winning culture (coughs) into these players. Now it's up to the Pirates to instill a winning culture around Andrew McCutcheon because you know that he's going to do everything in his power to win baseball games. We all know that. But now that you're starting to see the seeds of a lot of these young players, like an O'Neill Cruz, like a key Brian Hayes, Brian Reynolds could still be included in that as well. You have Jack Sawinski. Edward Olivares, I think, has the potential to be a very good player for this team. You then look at Piguero and Gonzalez, Henry Davis, Andy Rodriguez, who will miss in 2024, Johan Oviedo, a lot of these young pitchers coming up the pipe, Jared Triolo. There's a lot to like about this team, folks. There is. The biggest question, I think, though, for Kutch and for this team is can they put it all together? And a lot of it might not even be here yet. That's the scary part. You still have Paul Skeens. You have Jared Jones, Anthony Solomedo. Termar Johnson is eventually going to make a push to be up here. And Chang is eventually going to make a push to be up here. There's a lot to like about this team and a lot to like about the future of this roster. And I think that's what makes it so appealing for Andrew McCutcheon is he knows that this team feels a little bit different for the first time in a while. It feels like they're making steps forward to continue to improve as a baseball team and to continue to want to get into that contention window that they talk about so much. And is 2024 that year? I don't really know. But then when 2025 comes back around, we're going to have a lot of questions answered about guys like Jared Jones and Rowanzi Contreras and Quinn Priester and Piguero Gonzalez, Henry Davis, all these guys. And then Andy Rodriguez and Johan Oviedo are going to be coming back just to like even jump over 2024. 
So how's the thought process going to be then? Is it going to be, depending on what they do in 2024, hey, we were just out on the outside looking in, but we can get there next year. Or is it we got there, now we're getting Oviedo and Andy Rodriguez back while also having guys like Termore Johnson and Paul Skeens coming into their own. Think about it in layers, folks. Think about it in layers with this team. Because think about what Kutch can do for this team, not only on the field, but off the field. And I think that's the most important thing. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Lockdown Pirates podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network today on Tuesday, December 26th. I hope you all had a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. I hope you all are like very excited for the new year as I am. Follow me on Twitter. <coughs> Excuse me. Right there at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked on Pirates for all of your news, analysis, opinions, and reactions to everything going on in the world of the Pittsburgh Pirates. See you in tomorrow to talk about the left side of the infield in the in Eye at the Future series. But until then, see you on the flip side. <laughs> Woo!